Good morning. Oh, okay. I thought you were there. Uh, our scripture this morning comes from 1 Kings chapter 17. Hear the word of the Lord. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, to Elijah. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the joy jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh, holy and gracious Lord, we thank you for your word and this time that we have with, with it this morning. And so, God, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would just continue to, to move in our hearts and our minds this morning, that we would hear from you something that we probably weren't even expecting. But when we hear it, God, may it just be a seed that is planted within us that would be watered, that we would never run dry. And then, gracious Lord, will you also now take these words of mine and turn them from water into wine? Because, gracious Lord, we believe that you do take even the simplest thing and can do miracles with it. So would you do that now here with these words in our midst this day? In Jesus' name, amen. So here in 1 Kings, we have this story of Elijah. It's not very long. It's only a few chapters, but, but here is just a piece of it. Here, Elijah had been called by God to leave his hometown and to go to, to the king, to King Ahab, and to bring a word from the Lord. A word that says, you're not living your life the way I've told you to live. You're doing things that are completely against everything that we stand for. And um, so, well, there's going to be a drought. No rain probably going to be a famine. So that's happening. This is because of how you've lived. So Elijah went, he sent that message, gave that to King Ahab. King Ahab was not happy. And, uh, and then God said, hey, 
Elijah, don't hang out there where people are looking for you and hunting you down. I want you to go over here to this place called Kareth. Now, Kareth is like a desolate place. It's right at the, the mouth of a river, so it's what they call a wadi, so kind of a ravine coming down to, to, the, to the mouth of a river. But it was, remember, there was not going to be any rain. There was drought coming. So, so God sent him away to this place all by himself, and Kareth actually means place of separation. So hang on to that. That's, a, that's an important thing for a couple minutes later, okay? So he takes him from his home, and everyone he knows, from, from the king, from the, the capital, right? And then he takes him off to a place all by himself. But he sends birds, ravens, every day, twice a day, with meat, with food for him to survive on his own by himself in that place far away. Okay, well, some time passes. That, that gets us to where we are, where we started reading. Uh, some time has passed, and it was drying up there, so there wasn't water for him there anyways. And God said, I want you to go from Kareth now to Zarephath. So this is kind of like, he's like all over the map, like literally. Now, don't go home. Don't go back to Ahab. I want you to leave this place where I've set you apart, and I want you to go to Zarephath. Now, here's a couple of things about Zarephath. Zarephath is not part of the nation of Israel. So now he's being sent to a Gentile nation. Well, that's significant. Here's a little fun fact. Um, the king of Sidon was actually the father of Jezebel. Jezebel's married to Ahab. That's part of the problem. We all know Jezebel, right? <laughs> so he goes now to Sidon. But he was told that he was going to go and look for a widow who was going to take care of him. So here we find ourselves now at the city gate. And the city gate is where all everything happened. Anything that was anything happened at the city gate. That's where they would come to be able to discuss things, to make decisions, to, to, to uh, interact business, to... Um, to be able to buy food, right? A market kind of thing. You would come to the city gate. You also came to the city gate if you were passing through town and needed a place to stay. That, that you didn't call ahead for a hotel. You would come to the city gate, right? And that's how you would find someone that would be hospitable that could take you in. So here is Elijah at the city gate. And as he's sitting there waiting he sees this woman come who is collecting sticks. Now remember, she's a widow, and widows don't have any standing in, in society there. If you don't have family who chooses to care for you, you have to fend for yourself. So here she is, who has a son that has to be so young that, she, that her son is not all able to take care of her. So he has to be younger. So here she is trying to provide and care for her son. So she's collecting sticks. And he says to her, this is the woman, he says, excuse me, could you please give, bring me some water? <laughs> um, it's not rained now in a long time. Months and months and months. Everything's drying up. And he asks her for something that's seemingly impossible. Could you get me a jar with some water. Okay, 
She's like, yeah, I can do that. She's going to be hospitable. She's also a part of, remember, a part of society that, like, if you're if she's being asked to do something, she needs to do it. So she goes to get this water. And as she turns to walk, he says, oh, and could you also please bring me some bread? Well, with that, she turns around. She says, I... Listen, I'm here picking up sticks because I'm going, I'm preparing to go and make the last bit of bread that I have. I have just a handful of flour, just a few drops of oil, and it's all that I have left. And once I make that, this small little bit, my son and I will eat it, but that's the last meal I'm going to be able to provide. We'll die from after that. This is it. And he says, <laughs> don't be afraid. Oh, okay. Don't you love those? I mean, I just love those words throughout scripture. Don't be afraid. Hello, that's usually like when a huge angel comes and you're like, what? <laughs> don't be afraid. Or here in this instance, she's like, listen, I'm about to die. And he goes, don't be afraid. Really? Sorry, this is a scary thing. Don't be afraid, he says. Go home and do as you said, but first make a small loaf of bread, small cake for me, and then make some for yourself. And he says, because this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Now remember, they're in a Gentile nation, so that's significant. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up. The jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Here's a little, uh, here's a little side note for you. It's going to be three years. It's going to be three years before that happens. Spoiler, right? I think from this story, we can take at least two, but really I think probably three things. Okay, the first thing is, how awesome is our God? How good is our God? There was no way. There was no way that could be seen. There was nothing that said that they would be able to survive. There was nothing that said that, that there was hope on the future. There was nothing that said that they would live beyond this last loaf of bread. How good is our God that beyond expectations, defying the odds, our God still makes a way. Our God makes a way. When there is no way, you need to look to the one who is the way because the one who is the way is going to make a way when you can't see a way. Our God is so good. Our God is so good. Here's another thing. The flour and the oil increased, not in the hoarding and the storing of it, but in the spending and the use of it. The flour and the oil increased, not to a point where they, were, where they were overflowing or selling it. That wasn't the idea. The thing was that it would always be enough. 
It always increased, but it didn't increase because they sat back. It didn't increase because they held on for dear life to what little was there. It increased because they used what they had. It increased because they used it, they gave it, they spent it. And I wonder how many of us are sitting perhaps in fear. Elijah says, don't be afraid. Do you need to hear that today? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid that what you have won't be enough. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid that that if you give some of your time, you won't be able to get it back. Don't be afraid that your resources aren't going to sustain. Don't be afraid. What you have will increase, but not to the point that you'll have some huge storehouse. Don't be looking for that. Trust and put the faith in a God who is good, who will make a way, who will increase what you have because you're faithful and using what you have. And then here's the third one. You know how Elijah found himself in in Kareth, in this place of separation. This widow found herself in something similar, even though she was in her own hometown, in a place of separation, in a place where she was part of a group that that kept her on the outside of society in a way that she had to fight for what she had. She had to to scrimp and 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 search for a way to be able to to survive, to be able to provide for her son. That's an isolating place. That's a hard place to be in. So here we have Elijah who had been completely separated, who had been isolated and cut off, and a woman who was feeling as well, just as cut off, even though she was surrounded by people. And I just wonder if you might not be able to identify in some way with with either feeling completely separated from anything and everyone or completely isolated, even though you might be surrounded by people and things. There are times when we just feel completely separated and alone. We feel lonely. We feel down. Maybe it's even just because you've had a bad day or, or it's been a hard week and you can feel kind of down or separated and isolated. You can feel kind of lonely. And, and here's the thing that I want you to hear that even in those times, even in those seasons, because sometimes we're just in a season of it, but that even in those times, God is still making a way if we're walking, looking for it. As Elijah came and that widow came, they weren't looking for each other. That was only a God thing, right? It was because Elijah said, go, there is someone who will help you. That widow wasn't looking to help someone. She wasn't trying to help somebody. She was thinking she was about to die. But here they found themselves together. Here they found themselves all of a sudden helping one another. And so I want you to hear that if you're feeling separated, if you're feeling lonely or down, you need to get up and go and do. Because the thing is that that when you get up, when you go, you're not going to be alone anymore, number one. And when you go and you find yourself with someone, one person or more people, 
Maybe you're going to be a part of a group for some reason. No matter how that happens, guess what? You're not alone anymore. But if you don't choose to get up and go and do, then you're finding yourself stuck, continued in that isolation. And listen, sometimes solitude is good. It can be real good. Am I right, moms? When you can just have a few moments with nothing else around, nobody doing, you don't have to get anything done. You're just like, ah, shh, quiet, peace. Yes. Solitude can be a wonderful thing. It can be a restful thing but too much of it causes an imbalance. Too much of it allows us to find a way where we get actually kind of stuck inside, stuck in our own thoughts and stuck with our own needs. And and that can be an isolating place. That can be a place of separation. And so if we're not careful, those, those times of solitude can really put a hindrance there in front of us. And so... If you're finding yourself in a place where you just don't really have the energy, the motivation, the desire to get up and go, if you're feeling a little separated, like you haven't really been a part of, of much, then you need, to, you need to hear this word. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Get up and go. Because our God is an awesome God. And even though you're feeling like there isn't a way, our God who is the way is going to make a way, but you need to get up and go. You need to get up and go. And when we get up and go and give that bit of our time and give that bit of our resource, whatever it might be that we're afraid of, of giving, giving a little of ourselves, you're going to find, you're going to find an increase you're going to find an increase to your time. You're going to find an increase to your energy. You're going to find an increase, not an overwhelming hoarding storehouse, but you're going to find an increase. You're going to find just enough because when you're faithful to trust in the God, the one who can make a way when there is no way, and you just, you just take that opportunity to get up and go, just like that widow, you're going to find a life that you weren't expecting, a life that you didn't think was coming. And we'll be able to recognize the goodness of our God in the midst of it. And I am not going to be ashamed to say you have an opportunity here this afternoon. You have an opportunity. I know you've got plans. I know that when you leave, you're, you're already thinking, you've had the plan in your head that when you leave here today, right? You gotta go home, you gotta get lunch, you gotta change, you gotta mow the grass or take care of planting those flowers. I know, I know, that's what we have to do too. We have a yard that needs mowed. We, we just bought our flowers yesterday. I'm sorry, I was busy on Mother's Day. They need to go in the ground, they need to get in the pot, but guess what? I also need to be here. I need to be here because there's about two hours this afternoon that we have an opportunity to come together. And I need you to hear me. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid thinking, well, there's not going to be anything for me to do. Yes, there is. It doesn't matter how young or how old you are. It doesn't matter what ability level you think you have. This event, this Rise Against Hunger event starts at one o'clock. There is a job for everybody from our youngest to our oldest. 
So come and be a part of it. And don't be afraid because, oh my goodness, it's two hours. Don't be afraid. You'll have time. And you got to get up and go. You got to just be there. Because I know what you're thinking. Well, I don't know anybody who's going to be there. So there's going to be plenty of people there. It's true. You might not know all of them, but you might recognize a couple of them. And all of a sudden, as spending some time together, you're going to get to know some people. That's a good thing. I'm not asking you to spend the next 10 weeks. I just want you to come today. Don't be afraid. Take advantage of an opportunity where you can get up and go, where you can be a part of something that is going to make a way where someone didn't think there was going to be a way because there is somebody who's preparing to receive this food who didn't think there would be a way that they would be able to receive food. And all of a sudden, God is making a way where they didn't realize there was going to be a way. This is who our God is. Our God is awesome. Our God is good. And we have opportunities every day, especially this afternoon, to be a part of what God is doing in the world. Yeah. So let's not be afraid. Let's not be afraid of what God is about to do in our lives. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, whew, you are good. And we recognize, Lord, that there are times where we're just not sure. We're just not sure what the day holds, what the weeks hold, what, what the next few months are going to be. And we get so overwhelmed that, that we don't think that there's a way forward. But God, we do know that you are the way. And I don't know why we don't trust that more. So God, right now, we're just saying that we know that you're the way that you will make a way and that we can trust that way. So we will not be afraid. We will not be afraid, but we will step out in faith. We will get up and we will go and we will do and we will see the increase and we will glorify you for making a way when we just couldn't see. Thank you, gracious God. Thank you, Holy Lord. Thank you, Jesus for being our way. In, in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen.